I see light at the end of the tunnel. I actually see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. The light is also making a really, really fun train noise. <laughs> well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I don't know why. I got the feeling there's something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Oh, in Ohio, they're voting today. In Palinville, New York on WLPP. We'll see if they'll be voting at all this year. In Grand Rapids on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV. Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. In Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950. KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe, even during pandemics. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, an all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com, your radio to quarantine by. Glad you could join us today uh, for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast. Very quickly, my thanks to Nicole Sandler for filling in for uh, Desi and me on Friday. Uh, she had, by the way, a fascinating interview with MSNBC's workhorse anchorman, uh, Ali, uh, Ali Velshi who is a veteran newsman, formerly of Al Jazeera, which they discussed as well. If you missed uh, Friday's broadcast, of course, you can download it along with all of our broadcasts uh, throughout the ages of time at bradblog.com. That, of course, made possible by those of you who support our work at bradblog.com slash donate. By the way, Allow me to take this uh, moment to suggest, for those of you who can afford it at at this very difficult time, I know for a lot of folks, if you're listening to us today on one of many air or streaming affiliates, whether it be KPFK or any of the others I rattled off or any of the others I didn't rattle off just now around the country and the world, please consider supporting them any way that you can. We're, We're on a a lot of non-commercial Pacifica affiliate stations, almost all of whom survive, as we do, solely on the kindness of listener support. And uh, as I think radio right now is more important than it has been in many years, to be frank. And as all independent media platforms are having a hell of a time surviving. Uh, and they were, by the way, before this pandemic. Now they really are. So now is a great time. If you can afford it, drop a donation or two to the source uh, that is allowing you to hear the broadcast today. 
If it's a commercial station, uh, by the way, same thing there. Support their advertisers any way you can. I know a lot of big corporations out there are telling you that, oh, we're all in this together. But when it comes to progressive media outlets uh, who were barely hanging on before the crisis, it is now more true than ever. So if you can afford a donation to help keep your uh, favorite progressive radio or uh, radio station or, or podcast site up and running uh, or help support their stations somehow, now is a perfect time to do that. All right. Uh, I want to open the phones today in a little bit. Hi, Desi Doyen. I didn't even get to say hello to you. How are hello. you? Hello. You hanging in there? Of course, All yes. Right. That's, I'm glad to be here. It's a privilege to be able to broadcast over our public airwaves and give people an opportunity to call in and actually use their own public airwaves. Oh, yeah, there is an idea. Uh, to that end, uh, I want to open those airwaves to you, if we can, 818 985-5735 is our phone number if you're in our uh, Southern California listening area as we are live today or uh, streaming in as we are live, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, we're about six weeks now into the stay-at-home orders here in our uh, Southern California listening area, and I've been trying, when possible, to open the phones to check in with folks to see how everyone's doing, how you're holding up, and, of course, for any thoughts you may have along the way about whatever you... Uh, well, about whatever you may like and or whatever we've been covering on the broadcast, where we continue to cover a lot every day. Uh, but in particular, we keep a close eye on how the hell this nation is going to hold uh, safely hold elections this year. The most critical elections, arguably, in our nation's history uh, and how we're going to do it without getting folks sick and without suppressing the votes of millions of Americans. I'll have uh, some news on that uh, today uh, in a few different states and perhaps some fun audio as I got a bunch of bits and pieces I want to try to catch up with. But anyway, I welcome your calls on all of it when I can get to it. It'll be a, a while, but you can jump in line if you like and use your public airwaves at 818-985-5735. A uh, backlash is beginning to grow against the number of the financial relief measures put in place by Congress. And signed by the president, as a bunch of them seem to either be failing, have huge holes in them, or the money intended to get to Americans simply is not getting where it is supposed to get, much of it going to big corporations instead of individuals. And by the way, did you get your $1,200 economic impact payment? If you got it by a paper snail mail check, uh, it'll have Donald Trump's name on it. But it's uh, well, I was going to say it's being reported today, but now I can actually confirm it today because I got one of these letters today uh, that even those who received that payment via direct deposit will receive a letter from Donald Trump telling them that he authorized that payment to you. How much does that cost, that extra letter to add Trump's name to the, well, first to the snail mail check and then to mail everyone a letter to tell them that uh, Trump signed the bill that authorizes that payment? I don't know yet how much it costs, but I suspect it's money that might have been better spent, you know, helping people to get food and to keep states and cities from cutting back services. Just me. What do I know? I'm one of those liberals who thinks we ought not waste money on things. Uh, but here's some good news on all of this. Um, 
uh, maybe we 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 may have have uh, you know we may have to see Donald Trump a little less often in the coming days. Maybe if we're lucky. Now I don't watch his briefings at all since they're usually done uh, right around the time that we go on air every day. So I have a great excuse for not watching them. Oh, sorry, can't watch. I'm on the air. Oh well. Um, but uh, by the way. When he's going as we're going, we don't play what he's playing at the uh, what he's saying at the White House because it's dangerous lies and made up garbage. Hint, hint to other news outlets out there. Anyway, um, as the uh, death toll continues to mount, we are now well above 56,000 dead, uh, officially confirmed dead in the U.S. uh, by the uh, coronavirus. Those numbers are likely twice as high as that, as we've been uh, reporting. According to more and more studies, the officially reported death toll uh, from Johns Hopkins and others keeping track largely includes only those who died in hospitals after being confirmed uh, as COVID positive. So 56,000 Uh, is probably only half the number of dead in the U.S. But in any event, uh, 56,000 officially as the number, 56,500, I think, just before we went on air. Well, um, around 58,000 died during all of the years in Vietnam. But this uh, 56,500 that we uh, we have got to here, this has been just over two months So next time someone tells you, oh, this is just like the flu, this is not just like the flu. Uh, Yeah, we have had 50,000 deaths uh, in a year from the flu in a flu season, uh, sometimes even more. Yeah, but we never have them all at once. Exactly. Flu season tends to go six to eight months. Right. So we're talking, this is just the last two months. And these are just the ones that we know about. Um, So in any event, as the death toll gets higher and higher by the day... um, What had once been, uh, as David Frum described it, a uh, narcissistic supply for Donald Trump to appear at these daily press briefings. It's uh, as the death toll mounts has now become uh, what he, I think, accurately calls a narcissistic injury to him. So uh, he's calling them off for now, or at least he was. Uh, At least calling off his part in them, according to the White House, at least he was this morning. But a few hours later... Before we went to air, the White House appeared to be reversing course again. Um, <laughs> which, uh, okay, what's going on here? Asks TPM's uh, Christina Cabrera in her uh, updated story on this today. She says after President Trump declined to hold any coronavirus press briefings over the weekend. Oh, that was nice. White House Press Secretary uh, Kylie M- uh, McKenney, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Who knows? Uh, She said in a Fox News interview on Monday morning that Trump would uh, also would not be holding a briefing later in the day on Monday. But then McEnany announced several hours later that, in fact, Trump would do a briefing on Monday evening. After all, the press secretary tweeted update. The White House has additional testing guidance and other announcements about safely opening up America again. President Trump will brief the nation during a press conference this evening. Earlier in the day, she had told the uh, co-hosts of Fox News uh, that there would be no briefing. She insisted that the decision was, quote, absolutely not an effort to cut back 
On the press conferences after Trump claimed COVID-19 could potentially be cured by pumping disinfectant into the human body. I must note here, yes, he said that last Thursday. I must note here, it cannot, uh, it cannot help in any way to do that. However, it would almost definitely kill you if you tried to do it. So please don't. Anyway, White House press secretary said this morning that the coronavirus task force would hold briefings later on in the week. Uh, But while Trump will absolutely be present at those briefings, she said the conferences may have a different look. Uh, This uh, shortly before the press secretary made the initial announcement, Trump had fired off several tweets ranting about the hostile, lamestream media being the all caps enemy of the people. On Friday, he complained on Twitter that the press conferences were, quote, not worth the time and effort because the media, quote, asks nothing but hostile questions and then refuses to report the truth or facts accurately. Uh, Of course, his rage uh, came out of the response to the fallout of his press conference on Thursday when he told the country that injecting disinfectant might cure the virus. Well, Saturday Night Live had a bit of fun with that, uh, by the way, offering a public service, frankly, in the bargain. And when you got to turn to Saturday Night Live for a public service, well, you know. Uh, so if you may remember a few a week or two ago, as some had been referring to Dr. Anthony Fauci as a bit of a sex symbol for the. Uh, I don't know, over 60 set, perhaps. Uh, He was asked during an interview who he hoped would play him in a movie about all of this. And he joked, oh, Brad Pitt. Well, this weekend, SNL made that happen. uh, And this being the Bradcast, after all, we have a responsibility to report all things that Brad's do. Uh, And they did in their opening segment of their SNL at home special edition. Brad Pitt played Anthony Fauci. And now, a message from one of the lead members of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Good evening. I'm Dr. Anthony Fauci. First, I'd like to thank all the older women in America who have sent me supportive, inspiring, and sometimes graphic emails. Now, there's been a lot of misinformation out there about the virus. And yes, the president has taken some liberties with our guidelines. So tonight, I would like to explain what the president was trying to say. And remember, let's all keep an open mind. We had some, we had a great meeting today with a lot of the great companies and uh, they're gonna have vaccines, I think, relatively soon. Relatively soon is an interesting phrase. (laughs) Relative to the entire history of Earth, sure, uh, the vaccine's gonna come real fast. But if you were to tell a friend I'll be over relatively soon, and then showed up a year and a half later, well, your friend may be relatively pissed off. We have done an incredible job. We're going to continue. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. A miracle would be great. Who doesn't love miracles? But miracles shouldn't be plan A. Even Soli tried to land at the airport first. Anybody that needs a test gets a test. They're there. They have the test. And the tests are beautiful. Okay, a couple of things. I don't know if I would describe the test as beautiful, unless your idea of beauty is having a cotton swab tickle your brain. Also, when he said everyone can get a test, what he meant was almost no one. You can call it a germ, you can call it a flu, you can call it a virus, you you can call it many different names. I'm not sure anybody even knows what it is. 
we know what it is. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. I know I shouldn't be touching my face, but... Now, there is a rumor <laughs> that the president is going to fire me. Let's see what he said about that. Today I walk in, I hear I'm going to fire him. I'm not firing him. I think he's what, a wonderful guy. Do? So, yeah, I'm getting fired. <laughs> but until then, I'm going to be there putting out the facts for whoever's listening. And when I hear things like the virus can be cured if everyone takes the Tide Pod challenge, I'll be there to say, please don't. <laughs> and to the real Dr. Fauci, thank you for your calm and your clarity in this unnerving time. And thank you to the medical workers, first responders, and their families for being on the front line. And now, live, kinda, from all across America, it's Saturday night. <laughs> Brad Pitt this week as Anthony Fauci on Saturday Night Live. Uh, and uh, while Trump has uh, criticized the lamestream media and Democrats for daring to question him and his idiocy, uh, it's not only Democrats uh, doing so. Over the weekend, Republican governors, who I'm sure have much better things that they could be using their time for, uh, rather than responding to the idiotic statements from the president of the United States, these people were forced to respond to his idiocy. The Republican chair of the National Governors Association blasted Trump's musings uh, about the possibility of ingesting disinfectants. Uh, Maryland, uh, Maryland's Republican governor, Larry Hogan, uh, who's the chair of the uh, National Governors Association, said it's really important uh, that uh, to communicate very clearly on the facts because people listen to these press conferences. He said this on ABC's This Week on Sunday. They certainly pay attention when the president of the United States is standing there giving a press conference about something as serious as this worldwide pandemic. Hogan noted that the president's remarks on injecting disinfectant into the body or the lungs, which Trump later tried to downplay as a sarcastic question to report. It was not a sarcastic question. He was dead serious. Uh, his, his remarks were directed to Dr. Uh, uh, Deborah Burks, who, who leads his coronavirus task force. It was not uh, sarcastic, nor was it a question. Uh, it led to spikes in calls to Maryland's emergency hotline. In turn, prompting the Maryland Emergency Management Agency to issue a rare alert, quote, under no circumstances should any disinfectant product be administered into the body through injection, ingestion, or any other route. The company which makes Lysol had to do the same thing last week, resulting in some trending uh, hashtags like uh, hashtag DranoDon. Governor Hogan went on to say when misinformation comes out or when you say something that pops in your head, it does send a wrong message. And we had hundreds of calls coming into our emergency hotline of our health department asking if it was right to ingest Clorox or alcohol cleaning products, whether that was going to help them fight the virus. Hogan said we had to put out that warning to make sure that people were not doing something like that, which would kill people. And again, that's a Republican governor, the head of the the chair of the National Governors Association. 
Uh, Michigan's uh, Democratic governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, had to say the same thing uh, over the weekend. She said, all I know is this, when the person with the most powerful position on the planet is encouraging people to think about ingesting disinfectants, whether it was serious or not, people listen. And so we have seen an increase, she said, in the numbers of people calling poison control. And so I think it's really important that everyone with a platform disseminate medically accurate information. Well, that includes the broadcast, and apparently it includes Saturday Night Live this weekend. Of course, this is why we focus so much on elections all the time, but especially this year. If democracy does not work here, does not work this year, we are all out of backup options to at least try and right this dangerously uh, sinking ship. Towards that end today, uh, some good news and some less than good news. Let's start with the good news before we'll take a break, come back with your calls, and we'll uh, 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 get to the less than good news on this. So the good news, um, to start with, uh, I I actually want to make good news that we had here today actually even better by going back to the day after the 2018 elections which was itself very good news with a blue tsunami, uh, a rebuke of Donald Trump and his Republican sycophants in in Congress. Uh, Democrats, you'll remember, picked up a near record 40 seats in the U.S. House that day, tossing 40 Republicans out of the U.S. House, regaining the majority in the lower chamber. That, of course, wasn't the only place where Republicans had a, a very bad night in 2018, however. At the time, we'd been covering the, the story of North Dakota's attempt in the lead up to the election, their attempt to suppress the vote among Native Americans. When uh, Republican state lawmakers had adopted a photo ID voting restriction purposely meant to prevent Native Americans from voting. So in a story that I had pulled to cover, uh, Desi, remember every day I was trying to get to the story, <laughs> never got to it. I know. I'm Now I'm getting to it. And the, you Two years later, <laughs> I'm getting to it. Because it makes today's good news story even better. Okay, so here's the story. This is a story that I hoped to cover after the 2018 election. Never got to it, but I got a long memory. Uh, So with this good news out of North Dakota today, which I'll get to in a second, I'm reminded of the story I never did get to. This uh, this is uh, from after the 2018 election. This telling of it is from... uh, Alternate at Alternet at the time uh, on November 9, 2018, uh, Matthew Chapman wrote on Tuesday night in North Dakota, Democrats faced a stinging blow with the loss of Democratic Senator Heidi Heidkamp. That was the bad news at the time. She was unseated by Republican uh, uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer, who's a hard right ideologue. But further down the ballot, North Dakota Republicans paid a steep price for the lengths that they went to to defeat Heidi Heitkamp. Shortly after she uh, won her first uh, election back in 2012, she was carried to a narrow victory that year by Native American voters. So, of course, thereafter, Republican lawmakers in North Dakota retaliated by passing a photo ID bill making it almost impossible for many Native Americans on tribal lands to vote. The law required them to use an ID card that had a residential street address on it. Even though most people in North Dakota's tribal communities do not have a street address. 
The law was initially blocked because of that by a federal judge, but it was eventually allowed to take effect after an appeal. But uh, North Dakota Republicans did not anticipate the massive backlash that there would be to their skullduggery in 2018. Immediately after the U.S. Supreme Court let the law take effect, this was in early October before the 2018 election, less than one month uh, uh, before the election. Furious Democratic activists all over the country crowdfunded a massive effort to get street addresses and updated ID cards for Native Americans in the state. It was so successful that on Election Day, Native turnout in 2018 was actually higher than it was in 2012 in a whole bunch of places. But the high, higher turnout was not enough to save Hyde Camp that year because the state's electorate had shifted pretty significantly to the right of where it had been six years earlier when Hyde Camp was first elected. But at the legislative level, angry native voters flipped at least three red, uh, red seats to blue in the state uh, legislature, including the state House Majority Leader Al Carson. He got tossed out. But here was the most poetic justice of the night. Randy Banning, a GOP state rep in Fargo who uh, sponsored the Native American disenfranchisement law in the first place, he was unseated by a Democrat. Very satisfying. Making it even more satisfying, the woman who defeated him was a, a woman named Ruth Buffalo. That's right, a Native American unseated this jerk. That was back in 2018, and the guy who wrote the law to prevent Native Americans from voting was unseated by one of them in the very next election after it finally took effect. I loved that story at the time, but I never got to it on the show. So I'm getting to it today, a year and a half later. Uh, and even though they uh, lost the Senate race in North Dakota that year, uh, Democrats could take some satisfaction in knowing that the Republican law passed to deny Native Americans the vote was an utter failure that ended up waking a sleeping giant and may have done the GOP more harm than good, ultimately. Which brings us to today's good news story out of North Dakota. After a years-long battle in court, according to uh, Campaign Legal Center on Friday, Native Americans in North Dakota will finally face fewer obstacles to accessing the ballot. The Spirit Lake Nation and Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, you've heard of them, haven't you, Desi Doyen? I think oh, you, my, yes. Yes, I think you have. Uh, they, had filed a, uh, uh, they have now filed a binding agreement with the state which, once it's approved by the court, will be enforceable by the court order and provide essential voting rights safeguards. Uh, one of those safeguards is that it will mandate that uh, Native Americans on rural, on rural reservations uh, who disproportionately lack residential street addresses, um, they will now get street addresses and IDs to match them. Uh, the, st the state of North Dakota failed to help members of the tribes acquire voter ID uh, that complied with the new law. The Native American Rights Fund filed this suit uh, to have that law struck down, and uh, that re resulted in, uh, back in 2016, many tribes, uh, I'm sorry, 2018, many tribes attempting to create both specific residential addresses and IDs for voters right outside the polling place before they went to vote. But those IDs were not necessarily accepted by the state as lawful IDs for voting. And now, in an effort to avoid having this case go to trial in the spring, 
of 2020, North Dakota has reached an agreement with the two tribes that will allow Native American voters who do not have or do not know their residential address to locate their residence on a map or at the polls. Uh, or when applying for absentee ballots, they will have county officials provide their addresses for them and will allow their ballots to be counted. Over 7,000 residents in the two tribes uh, will benefit from this agreement, and it will go into effect ahead of North Dakota's June 9 primary. Can I just point out for the record that yeah. neither the photo ID restriction or the street address restriction is actually necessary to be able to cast a legal ballot. This is all just a bunch of hurdles that the Republican state lawmakers yeah. made up and erected in front of the Native American Correct. voters. And none of this is actually needed. And it's taken how many years now? It's to taken get to this? seven years of legal wrangling and voter suppression. But for now, the good guys appear to have won this uh, hard-fought battle. It took seven years. It's outrageous. But there's your good news for uh, for today. I'll come back with the less-than-good news and some of your calls. Less-than-good news on voting, on elections, uh, something that just happened today in New York. And as I see it, it is not good at all. But if you want to give me a call, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. If you have any other good news for me today, I will take it. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Take a break. Come back with your calls and much more right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. That is the Rolling Stones in their brand new song called Ghost Town or Living in a Ghost Town that they just released a few days ago and frankly nailed it as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And this was supposedly recorded months and months and months well, ago. Well, it was written a year ago. Uh, I have a feeling okay. they had to have changed something to make it so, uh, so appropriate perfect for the, for the moment. Yeah, but... Yeah. 50 years after the Rolling Stones first became an international sensation, they're still putting out relevant hits. 
which is kind of amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome back to the Bradcast. Uh, it had been a ghost town out here in Los Angeles, but something kind of crazy happened over the weekend, and uh, and I started to notice this late last week. There started to be more and more traffic. Uh, more people coming out. People are getting restless. People want to get out, and they did get out uh, on the beaches in Orange County over the weekend like crazy. You've probably seen some of those pictures. Uh, and I talked to someone who drove by Santa Monica, uh, which is in L.A. County. They said those beaches were also full somehow. Now, I saw a um, uh, uh, a tweet, I think it was from Nicole Bell, our friend Nicole Bell, uh, just before coming on air that said, uh, the you know, we were making progress and then these idiots have to go and do this. And I actually thought she was talking about what happened in New York today regarding elections, but she was talking about this. I'll about get to the that. Beaches. Yeah, about the beaches. I'll get to the uh, uh, to that New York story in a second, but let me take a few calls here. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, Mike in Los Angeles. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, Brad. That story from uh, Standing Rock, or from North Dakota. Yeah. I, to me, it's uh, it's it ages well. Yes, it like does. A fine wine, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that Mrs. Uh, Sirley uh, ousting the guy that was trying to restrict voting. Yeah, isn't that great news? And it was uh, there was so much I had to cover back then in 2018, and so many problems with that election and various news. I never got to that story. It drove me crazy for a year and a half. So today I had an excuse to get to it. But anyway, that's not why you it called in. Well, What'd you call? What'd you call in for, Mike? No, I just wanted to talk to anybody whose uh, relative is ill and who is, uh, you know, day and night uh, deep into Fox and believes everything they hear there. If they insist on being treated by hydroxychloroquine, please insist that they get a cardiac consult beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a certain percentage of the population for whom it's fatal. Yep. Uh, absolutely right, Mike. Uh, thank you for that. Appreciate that call. Uh, we talked a little bit about that last week and some new studies that uh, came out that found that actually the death rate was higher in some cases with uh, folks who were given hydroxychloroquine, uh, which is just one of the reasons I suspect that uh, Donald Trump has not been talking about it lately and apparently moved on to injecting yourself with disinfectant instead because he's an idiot. Uh, someone uh, on the Twitters, where you can also reach me, by the way, uh, Don Swabi writes to say uh, that I push the official mainstream narrative without questioning any of it, and that is dangerous. He says, for you, it's okay to pretend nobody has died of pneumonia or flu or any other disease in the last two and a half months due to a test that cannot determine a pathogen not isolated nor tested. Uh, I'm not sure what he means about uh, the pathogen not being isolated nor tested. And, of course, people have died from pneumonia and flu. And, in fact... Uh, one of the problems with COVID-19 is that it causes people to develop pneumonia. Now, uh, for Don, uh, who I don't know, Don Swabi, if you've looked into something called excess deaths, if you take a look at the number of excess deaths in this country and around the world, and you can do this state by state as well, pretty much everywhere in the world, we have suddenly seen over the past two months about twice the number of deaths from all causes 
that we than we normally see at this time of year. There's a huge bump, a huge spike. And that spike is still there even after you take out the number of people who have died from officially from COVID-19. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of folks are saying that, uh, you know, when people die in the hospital, when they have tested positive for COVID-19, they're included in the official death toll. But when they die at home or when they die in a nursing home, uh, when they have never got a test for COVID because they weren't allowed to get one early on and still not now, uh, those people died from the coronavirus and are not included in the uh, total numbers. Furthermore, Don, if people die from uh, heart attacks or something that they might have gone in for treatment, but they were afraid they wanted to stay out of the hospital due to all of the problems with coronavirus, fear of catching it, and they died, that would be an indirect death from uh, coronavirus. So if you add up all of the, uh, the above and beyond the official deaths, if you add the direct and indirect deaths, it appears to be that the death, death toll is at least uh, twice as high as uh, the officials say. Yes, the uh, Washington Post today published a new analysis by a research team led by the Yale School of Public Health, and that is regarding the excess deaths. In the early weeks of the coronavirus epidemic, the Washington Post writes, the United States recorded an estimated 15,400 excess deaths. That's just in the first few weeks. That's, as you said, nearly two times as many as were publicly attributed to COVID-19 at the time. And so they say that this, uh, the excess deaths are the number beyond what would be normally expected for this time of year. Or it could just be a total coincidence that over the past month or two, suddenly everywhere around the world, their death rates spiked through the roof in a way that they never do this time of year uh, over many, many years. Anyway, uh, thank you, Don, uh, for that tweet. If you'd like to tweet me, you can as well. Uh, I am the Brad blog. I hope you will follow me and tweet me there, whether you agree with me or not. Uh, so let me get to this uh, bad news and then I'll get to some more of the phones. Uh, this is an unprecedented move. <sighs> New York state has canceled its Democratic presidential primary that was originally scheduled for June 23. The Democratic members of the state's board of elections voted Monday to nix the primary Uh, The presidential primary. New York will still hold an election that day for uh, congressional and state level primaries uh, on June 23rd. But the presidential primary primary in which Bernie Sanders has now endorsed Joe Biden, that will be removed apparently from the ballot entirely, even though Bernie Sanders is still officially a candidate and says he would like to remain on the primary ballots of the remaining states who haven't yet voted in the primary election because their elections were postponed due to coronavirus or they weren't scheduled to be held until May or June, etc. New York Democratic Party Chair Jay Jacobs has said that the cancellation of the state's presidential primary would mean a lower expected turnout and a reduced need for polling places. He said last week that it just makes so much sense, given the extraordinary nature of the challenge. Both the Democratic, uh, both the state's Democratic Party and Governor Andrew Cuomo have said they did not ask the election commissioners to make this change. 
which uh, is allowed thanks to a little-known provision in state law that allows uh, New York Board of Elections to remove names of any candidates who have suspended or terminated their campaign from the ballot. The decision to cancel the Democratic primary is left up to Democratic state election commissioners. Former Democratic presidential candidate and U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders announced earlier this month that he had suspended his campaign. But in a Sunday letter, a lawyer for the Sanders campaign asked the commissioners not to cancel the primary. He said Senator Sanders has collaborated with state parties, the National Party and the Biden campaign to strengthen the Democrats by aligning the party's progressive and moderate wings. His removal from the ballot would hamper those efforts to the detriment of the party in the general elections. Uh, That from the Sanders lawyer uh, in a letter obtained by Wall Street Journal. Coincidentally, on Friday at Bradblog.com, our legal analyst Ernie Canning wrote an op-ed article headlined, Why Voting for Sanders in Remaining Primaries Will Help Biden Win in November. In which uh, Ernie explains why voting for Sanders uh, in the remaining primaries, as counterintuitive as it might seem, actually could help Biden. His argument is that large numbers of of, uh, votes for Sanders in those remaining primaries will help give leverage to Sanders' campaign in their current working groups that they have joined with uh, the Biden campaign on a number of different uh, positions regarding the economy and health care and climate, et cetera, and that it would help push uh, Biden's position essentially to the left, with uh, Canning ar- even arguing that you could see Biden come out in favor of something like Medicare for all, given uh, pressure from the progressive left via votes for Bernie Sanders in those remaining primaries. And uh, and also, of course, the new excuse that Biden now has to rethink many of his previous positions because of the uh, the covid crisis. Uh, But uh, so you can read that at Bradblog.com from Friday. But alas, that won't happen, at least in New York, at least as of now, in the largest state still left to vote in their uh, in their primaries this year. That unless the DNC overrules the decision somehow. And that is what the Sanders campaign is now calling for this afternoon uh, in a statement released uh, attributed to senior advisor Jeff Weaver. Uh, Weaver says today's decision by the state of New York Board of Elections is an outrage, a blow to American democracy and must be overturned by the DNC. Just last week, Vice President Biden warned the American people that President Trump could use the current crisis As an excuse to postpone the November elections. Well, he now has a precedent thanks to New York State. While we understood that we did not have the votes to win the Democratic nomination, our campaign was suspended, not ended, because people in every state should have the right to express their preference. What the Board of Elections in New York is ignoring is that the primary process not only leads to a nominee, but also the selection of delegates, which helps determine the platform and the rules of the Democratic Party. Weaver says no one asked New York to cancel the election. The DNC did not request it. The Biden campaign did not request it. And our campaign communicated that we uh, wanted to remain on the ballot. Given that the primary is months away, the proper response must be to make the election safe, such as going to all vote by mail, rather than to eliminate people's rights to vote completely. 
Uh, Jeff Weaver adds, New York has clearly violated its approved delegate selection plan. If this is not remedied, New York should lose all its delegates to the 2020 Democratic National Convention, and there should be a broader review by the Democratic Party of New York's checkered pattern of voter disenfranchisement. That from uh, Jeff Weaver, senior advisor to the Bernie uh, Sanders campaign, responding to New York canceling the presidential portion of their upcoming uh, primary elections. Uh, which uh, just uh, just before we went on air, essentially, this happened today. New, <clears throat> New York Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a supporter of Sanders, is none too happy about it. She tweeted, no matter who you support, it is extremely dangerous that New York is establishing a precedent of canceling elections citing COVID. Ballots were certified and neither candidate asked for this. The decision should be overturned immediately. She uh, she uh, tweets, adding hashtag let us vote. Primary results matter, she says, beyond who wins first place. Senator Sanders explicitly stated that he intended on continuing to collect delegates in order to advance wage, health care, climate and other priorities into the platform at the convention. The DNC should respond to this decision. She adds, as I have said, unity isn't a feeling. It's a process. Undemocratic, unilateral decisions that disenfranchise millions of progressive voters and volunteers is extremely destructive to the process of unifying the party for November. Democrats must take this seriously. This is the wrong call, says AOC today in response to all of this. So you see, Desi Doyen, and I'll get to the phones in one moment. You see why when I saw that tweet uh, referring to these idiots we've come so far and now they do this <laughs> i thought they were talking about the democrats in new york and, and, and yeah and what the new york democrats did after bernie sanders has been working so hard to try to unify the party and then they do something stupid like this she was actually talking about the idiots going out to the crowding the beaches in in orange county yes but, but i would agree that yeah. you do definitely have a point with the idiots in new york and the democrats that are canceling <clears throat> the primary it's not right it's not right to do that to voters we will continue to cover that story uh, as we will continue to cover uh, the election in Ohio. I want to get to the calls today, but Ohio is actually voting on Tuesday, by the way. Most of that voting has been done by mail. Bernie Sanders will be on that ballot there, as far as I know. Uh, you have to get your mail-in ballot in by uh, postmarked. I'm sorry, postmarked by Monday. As long as it comes in within 10 days thereafter, it will be counted the state of Ohio promises that you will be able to vote in person. However, if you are disabled or homeless, you can go to the county uh, board of election and vote in person. Those are supposed to be the only reasons you're allowed to vote in person on Tuesday. However, the secretary of state of Ohio has said that uh, you cannot be challenged if you say you are disabled uh, or have problems receiving mail if you'd like to vote. But you have to do that before the polls close 7.30 p.m. in Ohio on Tuesday. Let's hit a quick call. And Roger, we got to check in with Roger. Roger in Minneapolis. Uh, good to hear from you again, my friend. How's everything going up there? Well, as you know, we have quite the winters in Minnesota, and um, we feel like we've earned the right to celebrate when spring comes around. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sorry to say it, but it looks like um, 
Minnesotans have taken the bait, a lot of them, uh, and um, uh, we're having a spike in cases here, mm. um, 130% rise in oh. cases over the last two weeks. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's understandable. People want to get... Uh, yeah, I understand. You know, sort of congrats congratulate themselves and take a breath of relief wrong time for that um so at least wrong time to do it at least wrong time to do it if you're going to be out and about with a whole bunch of people whether it's on a beach whether it's in a you know a restaurant we got news today that uh, the idiot uh, governor of texas is opening for business in on friday of this week in texas yeah wrong time for that uh, um, also, I, I should mention, um, while I was waiting on the phone, um, uh, the idiot in chief <laughs> fell right back into his typical pattern, congratulating himself, pitying himself for the great job that just got shattered by this nasty virus. So that did happen today, and it was really grotesque. Um, uh, I was very surprised. Uh, one last thing. Okay. I was very surprised yesterday. I can barely stand to um, uh, subject myself to um, yuck toad and meet the press, okay? Uh, but I guess that would be Chuck Todd uh, for those who need a translation. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, Roger. Yuck toad. Yes. Uh, uh, a graphic early, early in the show was extremely dramatic. It showed 17 states that have had their highest one-day totals mm. in the last week. Yeah. Well, and so to celebrate, uh, celebrate, Roger, let's fling open the door and everybody go catch a movie together. It's, it's the perfect recipe for this thing yeah. being just as bad as possible. Yeah, and Thank you very much, Brad and Desi. Th- thank you, Roger. Always good to hear from you. Glad you are hanging in there and doing well. And uh, <laughs> hang in there, brother. We'll talk to you soon. The it's 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 madness and not only madness because people are going to get sick and die but it's also going to make it go on longer for all of us uh let's go to well you know what let me take a break we'll come back with lynette and bob and bill uh 818-985-5735 is our phone number 818-985-kpfk i'm brad friedman and you are listening to the bradcast Five major corporations now own over 80% of all media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Your support helps us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations across the country. You can make a real difference by supporting independent media. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. Join us at Bradcast bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Well, how hard is it to see that bad moon rising? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Everyone can see it, I'm pretty sure. Talking Points Memo is reporting the Wisconsin Department of Health is now reporting that 40 people who voted in or worked on the April 7th primary election in that state 
Forty people have since tested positive for COVID-19. That is double the number since the uh, finding of uh, states uh, finding of 19 voters and election workers just about a week or so ago when we last covered it. We promised to keep our eye on that story, and we will continue to do so. That's what comes of voting in person in the middle of a pandemic. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Let's go to uh, Bob in Chatsworth. Hey, Bob, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Uh, enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of the uh, uh, the scientists that tells us that that uh, wearing masks is the problem, and that it's that's what's causing the disease? In in urging us not to wear masks. I have heard no such scientist saying that wearing a, a mask causes COVID. Where did you hear that? I actually heard it on a program just a couple hours before you got on today. It was, uh, so it's, I, I believe she calls herself a scientist, Sonia Barrett. Okay, um, well. Expansion, uh-huh. expansion zone program. Okay, and well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering what your your thoughts are. On I that. I did not hear the show. I don't know what she said. I don't know if, of course, uh, you're interpreting it uh, correctly as as uh, she said it. I'm oh, not sure, she but went, she went in great great detail. Okay, well then I detail. All right, well then I would disagree with her based on the science that I have read and I have understood and that I have heard from other doctors and scientists. I have heard no such the thing. Scientific community, yes, exactly, yeah. worldwide. Is 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 she a scientist? Is she a, an epidemiologist? Well, I, Kiana, I is she? Uh, I don't know uh, what her credentials are. There was someone else, I believe, that was a lawyer yeah. that was with her. I'm not sure what, you know, yeah. other than they are uh, uh, anti-vaxxer uh, uh, people. They they don't want to see any vaccines. Okay. And, uh, I think. What do you think about this? That and it's I've seen this in my friends, both right wing and left wing. Uh, this this anti-vaxxer movement. And it's turned. It's evolving into uh, a, 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 a pandemic conspiracy movie. I know, I know it is. And of course, I've only got a few minutes left in the show here, so I'm not going to open that particular can of worms today. That we will never get through it. But I have not heard anything uh, like that. I would uh, urge people who did hear that uh, to uh, second, uh, you know, get a second opinion on that because I've heard absolutely nobody saying any such thing. Kiana, you said you had a thought on that. Yeah, I just wanted. To- to say that Sonia Barrett, uh, that's her show. She's not the scientist. She had a couple of scientists on her show. But I do urge people to always get second opinions. Yes, please. Uh, thanks for the uh, for the oh, call, Bob. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, keep wearing that mask. Uh, let me go to uh, where am I here? Uh, Lynette in oh, wait. There we go, Lynette in L.A. Hey, welcome to the broadcast, Lynette. I've only got a uh, just very thirty oh, seconds or so. I Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for the show. You know, in the age of biological warfare and profit-driven death penal politicians and profiteers, anything is possible, and I mean anything. So what that previous caller was talking about, I'm not going to say, you know, uh, that it is true or not true, Mm -hmm. but believe this, this, hydroxychloroquine and Trump, the connection there is is that his... um, his big supporter is a co-founder over at Home Depot, and Home Depot 
guy got uh, pharmaceutical uh, interest, mm-hmm. and that's why you saw Trump pushing that hydrochloroquine yeah. and Bill Gates and them and all these other techni- technology companies. They're in the pharmaceuticals as well, and they're, uh, you know, I mean, for real. I mean, come on. And all the profiteers, but you well, know, these death penalty politicians by Trump and, and the Texas governor, you never know what their interests are, too. Uh, and the lieutenant governor, as well as uh, what cocaine, uh, Mitch Mc, uh, Moscow Mitch McConnell. And they got <laughs> cocaine Mitch. And all, all right. Again. Thanks, Lynn. So, uh, so I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it's a, it's a real fact here. And what we got to do is stick with uh, what we know. With Kamala Harris got a bill to make early voting a reality and mail uh, voting by mail a reality and uh, Omar, Congressman Omar got to guarantee universal basic income to make it a, a reality. We got to stick with what we know and hold these these clowns accountable like they're doing with Bolsonaro. Thank you, Lynette. Well done. You got in a lot. I appreciate it. Good work uh, and good use of your public airwaves, I just have to say. Let's go to, uh, very quickly, uh, Felicity uh, in Irvine. Hey, Felicity, welcome to the broadcast. I'm sorry I'm really short on time. What's up? That's okay. I got my stuff down. So I just want to say um, I'm part of a group of citizens here in Orange County. Yeah. We are outraged with the actions of the OC Board of Supervisors for opening our beaches and bringing down all the L.A. and San Diego beachcombers beach to spread the virus here on our beaches and through our communities. So we have a letter out to the Board of Supervisors asking them to reclose the beaches and I'm demanding that they do so as soon as possible. And I also wanted to ask people to sign our petition on change.org. The title is Orange County. Demand the Board of Supervisors close our beaches to help shut down COVID-19. Well done. Feli- sign today. Thank you, Felicity. Change.org. You can find that. Much appreciated. And then, by the way, vote those people out. Uh, on the Orange County Board of Supervisors. Get rid of them. i got to get out myself here. My thanks to everybody who called in. My apologies to those who I could not get to. Uh, but we'll try again uh, next time we can. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my soundboard operator, Kiana Williams, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. That's it until we meet again tomorrow, I hope. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs>